0: The Democrats are done. The Trump team is now engaged in the rebuttal. The rebuttal is extremely important, not because they have to convince senators not to convict. The conviction will not take place. Tony Katz, 93, WIBC 93. That's my home station. It's Tony Katz today. Sorry about that, KFOR. All the others out there. Good to be with you. Hey, whoa, whoa. Ah, hate it when I make a mistake, I tell you. But the mistake here is if they go too long. The Trump team has one thing to do and one thing to do only. Refute some of the key points made by the Democrats and really refute the idea of two things. Number one, how dare you say the First Amendment doesn't apply to a president or a citizen? Of course the First Amendment applies. This has been the entire argument of Alan Dershowitz. From beginning to end, a wonky one if you ask me, but I get its value. A necessary one, it seems to be, to satisfy those constitutional wonks in the room. And Alan Dershowitz, once again, has been all over it.
1: And then Jamie Raskin's father, Marcus Raskin, was part of the Pentagon Papers case. He was the one who took the Pentagon Papers from Ellsberg, who stole them, gave them to the New York Times. He was saved from a felony prosecution by the very First Amendment that Jamie Raskin is now trashing and saying doesn't have any application. You can't say First Amendment for me and my father and not for uh, President Trump. The First Amendment applies to all or to none. There's no distinction.
0: First of all, a reference to the Pentagon Papers is always glorious. History matters. And Raskin's family into it is kind of interesting. But it's really to the idea that the president is allowed to say things. And you cannot, therefore, say, well, he said things, thus it's insurrection. Insurrection. Remember, the article states incitement of insurrection. There's only one charge, one article of impeachment. So to get the constitutionalists on board with the idea that you have the right to free speech is important. The other one is a broader conversation. One of soundbites to be utilized against the political left, by the political right, for we the people. And that is, you see what happened in the Capitol? That's awful. You see what happened in Minneapolis? That's awful. You see what happened in Seattle? That's awful. You see what happened in Portland? That's awful. And when you say, well, it's not the same as Don Lemon attempted to say, wait till you hear that audio. CNN's Don Lemon. Oh, you won't believe it. The answer is it's not the same to you, but it is to the people who lost their livelihoods. And it is to the family that lost loved ones in Indianapolis and other places. We are not condoning riots, but we can point to a lot of people who incited, if this is what we're going to say is incitement, a lot of terminology utilized that sounds very similar to that of Donald John Trump. If only it's Jamie Raskin who headed the Democrats in this charge, saying things like fight like hell, and then of course, one of the people who objected to the electors from the state of Florida... I think it was in 2017, but we'll get into all of that. Uh, this is Mike Vanderbeen. I believe I'm saying his name right. He is one of President Trump's lawyers and he is starting down the road of exactly what the Democrats said and where they are mistaken on article one of the one article, I should say incitement of insurrection. Let's take it to the lawyer.
1: States code prohibits
0: debate in
1: the joint session. I do not wish to debate. I wish to ask is there one United States Senator who will join me in this letter? There is of no rejection? debate.
0: There is no debate. One. This is video suspend... that he's showing of Jamie Raskin and others and Sheila Jackson Lee of Texas looking for people who will in join them
2: the to oppose the Donald Trump and oppose some electors. Supreme Court, Let's now go back to the which lawyer. ultimately rendered a decision. To litigate questions of election integrity within this system is not incitement to resurrection. It is the democratic system working as the founders and lawmakers have designed. To claim that the president in any way wished, desired, or encouraged lawless or violent behavior is a preposterous and monstrous lie. In fact, the first two messages the president sent via Twitter once the incursion of the Capitol began were, stay peaceful and no violence, because we are the party of law and order. The gathering on January 6th was supposed to be a peaceful event. Make no mistake about that. And the overwhelming majority of those in attendance remained peaceful. As everyone knows, the president had spoken at hundreds of large rallies across the country over the past five years. There had never been any mob-like or riotous behaviors, and in fact, a significant portion of each event was devoted to celebrating the rule of law, protecting our constitution, and honoring the men and women of law enforcement. CONTRAST, THE PRESIDENT'S REPEATED CONDEMNATIONS OF VIOLENCE WITH THE RHETORIC FROM HIS OPPONENTS.
1: I AM YOUR PRESIDENT OF LAW AND ORDER AND AN ALLY OF ALL PEACEFUL PROTESTERS.
2: THE VAST MAJORITY OF THE, the PROTESTERS HAVE BEEN PEACEFUL.
1: Republicans stand for law and order, and we stand for justice. I just don't even know why there aren't uprisings all over the country. Maybe there will be. My administration will always stand against violence, mayhem, and disorder.
3: There needs to be unrest in the streets for as long as there's unrest in our lives. I stand with the heroes of law
1: enforcement. We will never defund our police. Together we will ensure that America is a nation of law and order.
2: We're in high school, I'd take him behind the gym and beat the hell out of him. But I think you need to go back and, and punch him in the face. Feel like punching him. We just want law and order. Everybody wants that.
1: I want to tell you, boys, such. I want to tell you, Kavanaugh, you have released the whirlwind and you will pay the price. We want law and order. We have to have law and order. Show me where it says that protests are supposed to be polite and peaceful. We believe in safe streets, secure communities, and we believe in law and order.
2: Tragically, as we know now, the January on January 6th, A small group who came to engage in violent and menacing behavior hijacked the event for their own purposes. According to publicly available reporting, it is apparent that extremists of various different stripes and political persuasions pre-planned and premeditated an attack on the Capitol. One of the first people arrested was a leader of Antifa. Sadly, he was also among the first to be released. From the beginning, the president has been clear. The criminals who infiltrated the Capitol must be punished to the fullest extent of the law. They should be imprisoned for as long as the law allows. The fact that the attacks were apparently premeditated, as alleged by the House managers, demonstrates the ludicrousness of the incitement allegation against the president. You can't incite what was already going to happen. Law enforcement officers at the scene conducted themselves heroically and courageously, and our country owes them an eternal debt. But there must be a discussion of the decision by political leadership regarding forced posture and security in advance of the event. As many will recall, last summer, the White House was faced with violent violent rioters night after night. They repeatedly attacked Secret Service officers and at one point pierced a security wall, culminating in the clearing of Lafayette Square. Since that time, there has been a sustained negative narrative in the media regarding the necessity of those security measures on that night, even though they certainly prevented many calamities from occurring. In the wake of the Capitol attack, it must be investigated whether the proper force posture was not initiated due to to the political pressure stemming from the events at Lafayette Square. Consider this. On January 5th, the mayor of the District of Columbia explicitly discouraged the National Guard and federal authorities from doing more to protect the Capitol, saying, and I quote, The District of Columbia is not requesting other federal law enforcement personnel and discourages any additional deployment. This is interesting This is shame. because it started exactly as
0: we thought it would start. Look at all the people who have engaged violent rhetoric. You can't say Trump is guilty because he engaged this rhetoric when all these other people have done the same. And then he had that video at the very first we had come in uh, on that. Here's members of Congress trying to say Donald Trump should never have been president and they're begging for people to, to fight and to, and to f- uh, challenge the Electoral College which is what they're saying is the reason that everything happened to begin with but where is uh michael Vanderveen going into the idea that it was this the city washington dc that did not allow for extra security trying to put in the argument that if the extra security was here none of this would have happened we weren't prepared we didn't have proper force deployment we that's a tricky one that's a tricky road because that's not, that's not going to address the thing either. That's not going to make it work at all. If he's going to say, hey, we're blaming this on Antifa, because the first thing he said is an Antifa person got arrested, and of course it was Trump supporters, and it was others. And people forget the others because they want to be dishonest. I think we need to discuss it in its totality. He's just going to give it the other way, give it the other flavor. But I don't know if all of that's good. The first two parts I thought were just fine. This one about the city didn't provide enough security, may very well be true. But you also have the House Manager and the Senate Manager, or actually Sergeant at Arms of the House and the Senate didn't didn't give security and turned it down as well. Got to figure out how you're going to handle that one. But we'll get into all of it. More coming up. I'm Tony Katz. I want you to remember the name TJ Ducklow and then I want you not to worry about it because if he's not fired by the end of the weekend well then there's nothing for the Biden team to tell us about unity Tony Katz, Tony Katz today 833 you got Tony 833 8669 TJ Ducklow he was with the Biden campaign, and now he's the deputy uh, press secretary. He was the press secretary for the, for the campaign. That's exactly uh, what he was. Uh, and he is remembered for an appearance on, with Brett Baer on Fox News, and he just got obliterated absolutely positively obliterated by Brett Bear in their conversation
3: a hoax. While he was saying that the virus would magically disappear, he knew. He knew, Brett. He knew that that how dangerous uh, the, the threat that we are facing was. Right. Joe Biden. So, Joe Biden from the very beginning in March has put out very clear plans about what he would do to get our right, country where, where we need to be. I'm talking about in January because here are his two top advisors, two of
1: them that are he listens to closely, Ron klein and zeke Emanuel. On January 28th and January 30th,
4: would you ban? Chinese travelers from arriving in the United States. I wouldn't. I think that's premature. Everyone in America
1: should take a very big uh, breath, slow down and stop uh, panicking and and being hysterical. And it goes on. I mean, they continue to make comments that masks are not necessary at the moment. This is overreaction that goes into February and early March. So understanding that those are the people he listens to. And Joe Biden has said he wouldn't have closed the travel from China. What specifically would the former vice president
3: have done? Well, let's get a few things straight. Uh, the vice president was not against the travel ban, first of all. Second of all, let's let's remember an he important was uh, Brett, let's remember an important distinction. Donald Trump was the president of the United States. It was on Donald I'm Trump asking you take, if Joe Biden was, was the president Donald, of the United States. It was on Donald States, Trump if he to take action to actually protect the American and he, people. He closed the Joe, travel to China. Joe Biden wrote an op-ed in USA Today in January, warning that the threat was coming. Joe Biden said in February that Donald Trump should get people on the ground in China. What did what did Donald Trump do? Donald Trump was praising China. Ch- Donald Trump was praising President Xi's response, saying that they had it under control. When clearly he knew, as we now know from Bob Woodward, they did not have it under control. He should have been protecting. Okay. American people. He should have been putting real plans in place so let me just to clarify. confront this incredibly me, dangerous threat. Understand. Let me just clarify. You're saying that Joe Biden was for closing down travel from China when the president did it? Uh, Joe Biden has been clear, and I can send you the fact checks if they're helpful.
0: Well, we don't need the fact checks. That's T.J. Ducklow. Avoiding the question, we should have been in China, he forgets to mention, of course, that we were not allowed in China. He forgets to mention that. Well, now T.J. Ducklow is a story. And it started a couple days ago. We mentioned it briefly, that T.J. Ducklow is dating a reporter. Her name is Alexi McCammond. She's a reporter for Politico. She's dating the deputy press secretary to the president. And they told their bosses. And what did Politico do? They took her off of Joe Biden. They put her on the uh, Kamala Harris beat. Because there's no conflict of interest there. If this had happened in the Trump administration, it'd be a 24-7 story. And before Politico could even get it out, People Magazine runs a full spread about this couple. Because, well, they got fed the story, clearly, from the White House. Because they didn't want any problems. Well, now Vanity Fair is reporting that T.J. ducklos I'm sorry, I called her a Politico reporter, she's an Axios reporter, Alexi McCammond is an Axios reporter. It was Politico that was going to run the story, and People Magazine got the scoop. Right? Axios reporter, deputy press secretary for President Biden. Well, as uh, this story was being looked into, one of those people being Tara Palmieri of Politico, Ducklow said to her, in an effort to kill the story, I will destroy you. And then, during the off-the-record call, Ducklow, as Vanity Fair reports it, made derogatory, misogynistic comments accusing Tara Palmieri of only reporting on his relationship because she was jealous that an unidentified man in the past had wanted to um, have relations with McCammons and not her. And then accused he accused Tara Palmieri of being jealous of his relationship with the Axios reporter, Alexi McCammon. So here is the guy of the, of the unity and the wokeness threatening uh, I will destroy you and saying you're only jealous because you, you, you really want me, but I'm, I'm with this other woman. If TJ Ducklow isn't gone by the end of the weekend, Me Too movement is over and everything's on the table. Honestly, they're, 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 there's nothing left. You can do whatever you want. Grab him by the whatever. No? No, that's not, that's not it. All right, well, T.J. Duckler still needs to be fired. David Schoen, he is a lawyer for President Trump, and he is up next. We'll see what he has to say in the president's defense. The impeachment trial's going on. This is Tony Katz today. The impeachment trial continues apace, and it is David Schoen president trump's lawyer saying we have reason to believe the house managers manipulated evidence and selectively edited footage tony katz tony katz today 833 got tony 833-468-8669 six, eight, eight, six, six, now they did of course they did everyone saw that yesterday and the day before of course they did plenty of moving and changing around plenty of using only pieces of of tweets we said this about jennifer lynn lawrence whose tweet uh was manipulated and she said so she's just someone out there that said oh you you use my tweet in your in your presentation democrats i didn't say that one of the lines we are bringing the cavalry the cavalry, mr mr president she was discussing a religious conversation about prayer. She wasn't talking about an attack. That's how she says it. But things got of course got moved and manipulated. Now the problem is it doesn't change the fact that there was a riot at the Capitol. So they change things to their benefit. That goes without saying. I I, I do not disagree that they did this. The question that you're, that you're putting it out there, I don't know if that's going to move a senator. But remember, it's not all about the senators. It's about you and me watching and listening at home. Let's send it to David Schoen, President Trump's lawyer, making the defense. It started today.
4: SHIFTING CLIPS AND MADE IT APPEAR THE PRESIDENT'S WORDS WERE PLAYING TO A CROWD WHEN THEY WEREN'T. LET'S TAKE A LOOK.
1: After this, we're gonna walk down, and I'll be there with you. We're gonna walk down, we're gonna walk down to Anyone the Capitol. One you want, but I think right here. We're gonna walk down to the Capitol, and we're gonna cheer on our brave senators and congressmen and women, and we're probably not gonna be cheering so much for some of them. Because you'll never take back our country with weakness. You have to show strength and you have to be strong. We have come to demand that Congress do the right thing and only count the electors who have been lawfully slated, lawfully slated. I know that everyone here will soon be marching over to the Capitol building to peacefully and. Patriotically make your voices heard.
4: And we are going to walk down to the Capitol. They showed you that part. Why are we walking to the Capitol? Well, they cut that off. To cheer on some members of Congress, and not others, peacefully and patriotically. The Supreme Court ruled in Brandenburg that there's a very clear standard for incitement. In short, to paraphrase whether the speech was intended to provoke imminent lawless action, and was it likely to do so. Go to the Capitol and cheer on some members of Congress, but not others. They know it doesn't meet the standard for incitement, so they edited it down. We heard a lot this week about fight like hell, but they cut off the video before they showed you the President's optimistic, patriotic words that followed immediately after.
1: We fight like hell, and if you don't fight like hell, you're not going to have a country anymore. Our exciting adventures and boldest endeavors have not yet begun. My fellow Americans, for our movement, for our children, and for our beloved country, and I say this, despite all that's happened, the best is yet to come.
4: There's that famous quote, like one of the House managers said, a lie will travel halfway around the world before the truth has a chance to put its shoes on. Well, this lie traveled around the world a few times, made its way into the Biden campaign talking points, and ended up on the Senate floor. The Charlottesville lie. Very fine people on both sides. Except that isn't all he said. And they knew it then, and they know it now. Watch this. But you also
1: had people that were very fine people on both sides. You had people in that group, excuse me, excuse me. I saw the same pictures as you did. You had people in that group that were there to protest the taking down of, to them, a very, very important statue and the renaming of a park from Robert E. Lee to another name. George Washington was a slave owner. Was George Washington a slave owner? So will George Washington now lose his status? Are we going to take down? Excuse me. Are we going to take down? Are we going to take down statues to George Washington? How about Thomas Jefferson? What do you think of Thomas Jefferson? You like him? Okay, good. Are we going to take down the statue because he was a major slave owner? Now we're going to take down his statue. So you know what? It's fine. You're changing history, you're changing culture, and you had people, and I'm not talking about the neo-Nazis and the white nationalists, because they should be condemned totally. But you had many people in that group other than neo-Nazis and white nationalists, okay? And the press has treated them absolutely unfairly. Now, in the other group also, you had some fine people, but you also had troublemakers, and you see them come with the, with the black outfits, and with the helmets,
0: and with the baseball bats. So it's you a got, video a that fame, David Schoen is putting up, and he shows exactly where the House managers, the Democrats, cut the audio, and where it everything that President Trump said, showing this idea of deceptively edited, trying to create the conversation amongst America, saying, what you saw isn't All of it isn't the story. This is how they're painting the picture. This isn't the truth of everything that happened. Just enough doubt to sow to make people say, can't can't trust those Democrats. No how. You can't you cannot trust a Democrat. Can you trust a Democrat? You cannot trust a Democrat. Selectively edited the video. Well there was a riot, but selectively edited. I don't want people to forget there was a riot. I really don't. It's uh it, it the the manipulation will matter to a great uh number of people. By the way, I have an update on TJ Ducklow. You can get away with anything if you're on the left. TJ Ducklow has apologized to the reporter with whom he had a heated conversation about his personal life. He is the first to acknowledge this is not the standard of behavior set out by the president. In addition to his initial apology, he has sent the reporter a personal note expressing his profound regret. With the approval of the White House Chief of Staff, he has been placed on a one-week suspension without pay. In addition, when he returns, he will no longer be assigned to work with any reporters at Politico. He said, I will ruin you, I will destroy you. The exact quote, I will destroy you. And then proceeded to say, you're just jealous because I'm banging somebody else. I mean, that's what he said. No one's even questioning that he said it. One week suspension, no pay. There are different rules. There are two Americas. And I got to tell you, I don't know why we're supposed to put up with this trash. More is coming. I'm Tony Counts. Continuing down the road with impeachment, the defense of President Trump. But it might not matter. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today, 833 got Tony, 833-468-8669. Turns out that Chuck Schumer just has a fetish, right? Chuck Chuck Schumer seriously must go home every night and put on the gimp suit. And for the record, I'm not I'm not objecting, man. You be you. You live your life, I, I stay out of your bedroom. I, I, everything is fine. Two consenting adults, three, whatever, fine by me. Consenting adults being the key here. The headline, Trump, I'm sorry, not Trump, Schumer leaves door open to 14th Amendment measure to bar Trump from office. The 14th Amendment push was about Confederates. No person shall be a senator or representative in Congress, or elector of president and vice president, or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States, or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress, or as an officer of the United States, or as a member of any state legislature, or as an executive or judicial officer of any state, to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same, or given aid or comfort to the enemies thereof. Translation... We can't have Donald Trump run again. We must destroy him to destroy those who dared disagree with us. Now this all flows into a Nikki Haley conversation. And I think Nikki Haley has made a mistake. However, she's not a thousand percent wrong. She's just mostly wrong. I'll get into that. Nikki Haley saying that President Trump let her down or let us down with all due respect. No, I knew what I was getting. And there are things that I would still cheer and things that I'm bothered by. I got asked by producer Ari yesterday. He's like, knowing, knowing, knowing what you know now. That's my, that's my impression of you, Ari. What do you think? It's not that far off. All right. knowing, knowing what I know now, wait, what you know now, would you, uh, would you still vote for Donald Trump? And I said I would vote for Donald Trump 400 times. I would vote for Donald Trump like I was Stacey Abrams running a voter registration drive. Uh, it, that's that's not the debate it isn't the debate the question is what would I do about what Donald Trump has done that conversation I'll get into because my argument remains there is no impeachable offense It doesn't mean that there are things that you like it doesn't mean there could have been other ways they go about handling this it doesn't mean that there aren't other issues that honestly we can and must and should address They don't have the impeachment. They can try and try and try and try. And they know they don't have the impeachment. And that is why they're talking about the 14th Amendment. The plan, the plan is to destroy. Every single bit of them, all they want to do is destroy. Now... Is that fear-based? Well, the answer's got to be somewhat. Let's not forget. Let's not forget that 74 million people voted for Donald Trump. That number matters. That number matters greatly. That's not a small percentage. And those people aren't convinced, well, Trump let us down. Not at all. The problem is, too many of them are still based on Trump. The argument has to be, what are the policies that are best for a nation? What are the policies that are best for individual freedom and liberty? I put forth to you that every policy that was enacted by Donald Trump is better for individual freedom and liberty and for people to get the maximum enjoyment of their life. Every policy is better than anything Joe Biden has done in the past three weeks down to its most minute detail, it is inarguable on the policies. But we live in a world of personalities. And this is where it gets, for me, problematic. Because I think that if you are based on personality, don't get me wrong, I think you want to like people, right? Nothing wrong with that. But if you're voting for president based on whether you think they're a cool guy, you're doing it wrong. What does it matter if they're a nerd? What does it matter if they're a jerk? Can they get the job done and allow your life to be led better? That's it. That's everything. I'll go back to producer Ari. He is a believer that who you elect for president doesn't matter at all. Your life goes about the same. Pretty much. I, of course, don't believe that true, if only because I have life experience. And I, th- this is Ari's first year of owning a house, everybody. You know, little hand, a little something. Let- let's see what those taxes look like in a year and get back to me. Then tell me it doesn't matter. The party in power does indeed have a lot to do with your life. People who have kids, they know this. People who run a business, they know this. People who pay employees, they know this. People who have seen things in the ebbs and flows, they know this. I'm I'm not angry with you, Ari. I am not angry with you at all. You're doing a heck of a job. It's just that it does matter, and it matters greatly. greatly. And yes... I'd vote for Donald Trump because knowing that he was never a conservative made it easy because he was not a conservative. He's never been a conservative. Who didn't know this? What did he do? He governed like one. He listened to those people. He put those judges on the bench. He enacted those policies and we're better off for it. Was I in favor of every tariff conversation? No. No. He said, every old school thing isn't working. Let's try this thing. Some of it worked. Some of it didn't. But he gave that a shot. But it was always about the policy. If it's not about the policy, what it's about? It's about the person? No, no, no. That's cult. I'm not interested. As I've said many times, numerous times, idol worship is not my thing. People who believe in the Lord... I, I'm not a Christian. I, I'm I'm Jewish. Jews believe in the Lord. It's not my, my my point. People who believe, people of faith, they should never be people who put their faith into a specific man. Right? Wouldn't wouldn't that be the argument? I don't put my faith in a specific man here 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 on earth. I guess we'd call it. But I do have faith in systems and in policies and ideas and theories. I like my fellow man. I want to trust my fellow man. I don't believe my fellow man is evil. I've never believed that. I think that's a weird way to go through life. Not 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 having a faith in people. I, my natural disposition is to trust. But... You're, you're the president. You're just, you're just a cog. You, you're there to do my work and then move on. So it's not just about Trump and idol worship. It was about Barack Obama and idol worship. It's about, you know, Bernie Sanders and idol worship. What are you doing? It's got to be about policy that allows the most people to live. Donald Trump had better policies than Joe Biden. Goes without saying. And those policies are so hated by a guy like Chuck Schumer and the Democratic Party that now it's the 14th Amendment? Man, as I said, it's a fetish. Gimsuit and all. I'm Tony Katz.